Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. And it's another Fin Fans podcast. Today I'm here with the Ragonis. How are you guys? Chris, how are you? Doing good, Mike. Way better now that Buffalo's out of the playoff race. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> How about you, Lewis? Yeah, I'm liking Buffalo being out of there. I was a happy camper, you know, to see all those Buffalo fans walking out of the stadium miserable, throwing snowballs at Mahomes when he was trying to give out his gloves to some kids on the (laughs) sideline. I mean, what kind of ridiculous nonsense. I mean, listen, how how do they get away with throwing snowballs at the players on the sideline? I mean, it was... It, it, it was happening. They were going back and forth with them. And you see snowballs getting thrown through the end zone every time you see a receiver trying to catch a ball, too. Have you guys noticed that in some of these games? Well, last year it was us they were throwing on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand how they don't have security you know, monitoring stuff like that because I know when you go down to the Dolphins, the Dolphin football games, you can't even throw a peanut. You know, I've seen you throw peanuts. Up. Yeah, but, you know, they harassed me the whole damn game, Mike, over a damn peanut shell. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> and they're throwing ice balls, snowballs, you know. But it was it was great to watch Kansas City go in there and knock them out again, you know. It, it's, you know, it, it's great to see because that's the last team I want to see go to the Super Bowl. I don't think either of those teams are what they were last year. Not at all. Not at all. You know, that was the frustrating thing about, you know, our season is that I felt that, God, it was there for the taking. You know, Baltimore looks like the odds on favorite to go to the Super Bowl. And it would have been a challenge going up there to beat them, you know, once we put ourselves in that position. But, you know, it would have been nice to try, though. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, I, maybe I'd they much... maybe they learned something in the first game. You know, maybe. Well, they, hopefully they, would have... they did. They got we got whooped so bad. I mean, hopefully they learned a couple things. But I mean, this I agree. This was definitely if there was a year, it was this year. But with how good Baltimore is playing on both sides of the ball, honestly, yeah. even if we were healthy, it would have been a a, a tough win. You know, everybody was really hard on Lamar Jackson when he came into the league. He couldn't throw, you know, and all this other nonsense. But uh, the kids turned around and made a pretty good career for, for himself. Absolutely. And how about even this past offseason when no team, all the teams came out and said nobody was interested in giving up two first-round picks to get him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure if you ask of quite a few of those teams, maybe even including us at this point, you know, should we have done it? Maybe. But – I mean, that contract that he got to is, you know, you have to pay him $200 million after yeah. giving up two first-round picks. So, yeah. it was steep, but at the same time, you know, especially talent like his, you know, we don't, we only see that once every 20 years. Yeah. He, How many elite quarterbacks are there in the league? I mean, you know, five, six? Yeah. I mean, that's tough, Mike. You know, elite, you know, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big word. Top so, shelf. Top shelf. Top shelf. Who are your top shelf quarterbacks? Yeah, you got Mahomes. You know, I would say Burrow when he's healthy is definitely there. Prescott and guys like that. No. I mean, no. Just I'd not say even. say Josh Allen and Lamar. Those Josh four. Josh Allen, Lamar. We got to be missing guys. Well, we're, we're not including Lawrence. We're not including some of the guys who may get there, but they aren't there yet. No, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, I definitely nope. wouldn't put in that category. Not at this point. He, he's very inconsistent. I mean. Right. You know, it goes beyond that. You know, the quarterbacks, you know, the coaches. One thing when you look at Baltimore and you look at San Francisco, the coaching's outstanding. The defenses are outstanding. And and that really, really benefits your quarterback. It gives them more opportunities to to make plays, you know, when the defense is getting the other team's offense off the field. You know, it, it works hand in hand. And that's why it's called a team. You got to have good coaching. You've got to have a, a good front office staff who can pull in the right players, you know, to fit the schemes the coaches want to run. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, you know, put a team together. And, uh, you know, we, we're going through that down here, except maybe it's not turning out as well as we thought it might. Yeah. You know, our moves, Mike, you know, I say it all the time. I mean, we, we have to start drafting. Pro Bowl type players, you know, guys that are all pros, Pro Bowl, Pro Pro Bowl type players, and and we just don't get enough of them. You know, if you go back over the last ten years, and you look at you know the guys that we've drafted, I mean, how many of them are going to be Hall of Famers? Number one, number two, how many Pro Bowls do we get year in and year out? Now this year we had five guys, you know, but they're all veteran players for the most part that have you know been on other football teams. For years, you know, they're up right. there in age. Armstead, Mostert, who else made it? Uh, Ramsey. Uh, these are guys that are that are veteran football players. Where are our young drafted players in regard to Pro Bowl, all pro type players? Tyreek Hill's another one that made it, another veteran guy that we had to trade for. They're not coming through the draft, and, and that's, you know, that's definitely a problem. You know, you'd like some sort of balance, wouldn't you? You know, to where you you, you have these studs that you drafted. Well, Tua made it. We drafted him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. That's all I got for you. 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. Right. I got you. Uh-huh. I think Wilkins got snubbed. Well, I think Wilkins should have been Pro Bowl. I think he's second or third that. team yeah. reserve or something like yeah. that. He'll end up there somehow, yeah. but yeah, yeah can he, I agree. the coaches will pull him in. Mm-hmm. You know, there comes a point, guys, where, you know, you look, you look at our team and it's unfortunate, you know, that, that we're having injuries to guys like Jalen Phillips and the Javon Holland, but and you know, Chubb. Is he, what's that, Mike? And Chubb. And Chubb, right. But I'm talking about guys that we drafted, yep. these younger football players. You know, you're looking at them and you're saying, you know, where are our studs? Where are our Pro Bowl players? You know, accountability and being on the football field is part of that equation. And, you know, Holland now, next year, he's going into what, his fourth season? Yeah. You know, at some point, we want to see him take that ne- next step. Even when he was on the field this year, guys, he had one interception, and that was on a Hail Mary, you know, which was a phenomenal play. Don't get me wrong against the Jets, but it's not the type of play that you're looking for. If you listen to people around the league, he's highly thought of. He is, and he he grades out very, very well. But where are the big plays? I mean, X-Man, one thing about X-Man, and guys, we've seen it over the years, he he's come up with a ton of big plays, you know, uh, pick sixes, big interceptions at key times, great interceptions in the end zone when the other team was ready to score. You know, this is what you want out of Holland and Jalen Phillips. Same type of thing. When the game's on the line, you want to see a big strip sack, something to that effect. You know, Lewis, the- we we got the uh, pleasure of watching uh, Anderson and Scott, and we watched uh, uh, the. Uh- Blues Brothers, right? Right. Yeah. Always making some, big we plays. Had some, right, right. We had some great safety tandems that were ball hawks. And, and we just haven't, you know, I mean, I guess maybe Jarvis Williams for a little while. But we just have not had a lot of that uh, the past 20 years, you know? No. And that that's my point is that, you know, these guys are really solid football players. And, and we're looking at them and we're like, man, they, they – they, they should be studs. You know, when are we going to see them take that next step? And then before you know it, they're four or five seasons into their, into their career, and it's still not there. And now they're up for another contract. So at some point, we got to get guys that come out of the draft and just excel right out of the gate, become Pro Bowl players and become All-Pro players and possible Hall of Famers somewhere down the line. It's been a long time since we've drafted somebody That was a big like ask, that. Lewis. Mike, I mean, you look around the teams, the other football teams in the NFL, I know. I know. and there's there's guys scattered all through rosters that are going to be Hall of Fame players and are, are per- perennial Pro Bowl players. We do not necessarily have that out of our young out of our young talent. We just we just haven't had it up to this point. You know, as good as um, Hunt is, same situation. I mean, you know, you're you're hoping that. You know, he gets to that point to where he's just the best guard or one of the best guards in the league. I mean, I think he's close, but, you know, he's another guy that got drafted in 2020. He's going to be in his fourth season next year. You know, they're all getting up there. You know, you you look at, I mean, obviously there are circumstances here, but you, you look at the last two drafts and uh, aging, you know, is about the only guy you can point to and say he can play. Right. We haven't seen anything yet out of Uzakama. Uh, we haven't seen anything yet out of Cam Smith or uh, Channing Tindell. You know, no. 
Nope. Cameron Good, we haven't seen much from. He played a little bit at the end of the year, but, you know, right. no, nothing that stands out at you, you know, to say this guy's going to be great, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you have four four draft picks, Mike, you're talking about over the uh, – we've only had eight, by the way. Yeah, and the I should throw Skylar Thompson in there too. Yeah, we've had – basically, we've had eight draft picks over the last two years. And that's simply because we've made trades and just ba- depleted our, our draft, right? Right. So you're banking on guys like Chubb. You know, you gave up a number one for him, and he had a great season. And Tyreek Hill, you gave up five draft picks for. So you're and you lost a draft pick because of the tampering situation. Right. So you had eight draft picks. So you have to make them count, right? And as you mentioned, you know, as you look at Tyndale and and Easy E, you know, that that was our third and fourth round draft picks. You had to hit on those, especially the third round with Tyndale, and you didn't do it. And then this year you come back and you have a second round pick and Cam Smith doesn't see the field all year. It, it's a problem. It really is. I mean, this guy did not see the field with all the injuries, including X-Man at the end of the season. They were the signing guy, people off the street. <laughs> well, yeah, Eli Apple was yeah. starting over him. And, you know, you had Needham coming off of the serious injury. So, you know, it's frustrating because you look around the NFL and, you know, Chris talks about this all the time. Look at this, man. This guy was their number three draft pick and he's their starting middle linebacker and he's blowing it up. And this happens way too often for other teams and not so much for us. Agreed. Well, I think we all agree. Uh, how do you change it? You know, how, how do you change it? Well, you cut it off at the head, Mike. <laughs> you cut it off at, right at the there top. There seems there. to be a reluctance to do that, though. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a step back for just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Listen, I don't know what the situation is, Mike. I think that, you know, Ross and um, Greer are, you know, in bed together. And, you know, I don't mean that in in any other way other than, you know, the expression. Um, So, you know, they're hand in hand. And, you know, Greer knows basically all the tampering and all that stuff. I mean, Greer is right underneath Ross. He's his number one guy. So he's his lieutenant. He's his right. I mean, he basically knows what's going on in the organization. You know, the head coaches that we've been through, um, you know, McDaniel, hopefully, uh, you know, he was a disappointment again at the end of this season, but hopefully he's going to be here for a while. I don't know. I mean, if he has another season like he did this season, who knows? So uh, Greer hasn't made, you know, him and Ross haven't made right decisions in regards to head coaches up to this point. They've been mistakes. Um, 
you know, and some of our early draft picks have been definitely a, a cause for the situation that we're in in regards to not being able to win playoff games. Um, so, I mean, it, it's got to start from the top, Mike. You know, you can't blame the players that are getting drafted. I mean, they are what they are. You know, we're just missing on way too many, you know, way too many shots here at it, you know, um, especially, you know, in 2020, you know, that, that, that draft is, you know, is going to hurt us for years to come, you know, because that should have been our, our, our rock solid players that we go, you know, that we just build around. Right. And, you know, Noah's gone. Austin Jackson's an average at best tackle. And Tua, you know, has a lot of Raquan you know, Davis won't be back, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that, Mike. You know, Brandon Jones. I mean, you know, he he's been a very very solid player for us. He's made plays. I mean, I don't mind him. Robert Hunt's been good. Uh, you know, in the second round, uh, they did well there. But you know, the fourth, fifth, fourth and fifth rounds where we had those draft picks didn't hit on any of those. Um, and again, you know, the first round just absolutely killed us because there was so many other options that we could have, uh, so many other roads we could have went down and we didn't. And, um, you know, that draft is going to hurt us, like I said, for years to come. So what are we talking about? It's interesting that you say that now. Go ahead. Did, what would you have done in, instead of what they did? Well, if you go back to the 2020 draft, Mike, and, and you see, you know, who basically got drafted after Austin Jackson, you had a guy named Justin Jefferson there on the table that, that was pick, picked like two or three picks later. Um, if you draft him, there's no need to trade for Tyreek, right? I mean, you've got a younger guy there who's got just as dynamic. I mean, he isn't as good as Tyreek Hill, but he's right up there with him, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if you go that route, um, you know, the quarterback situation with Tua, I mean, you could have went with Herbert um, right there, or you could have went with, you know, a tackle and Worfs, you know, Tristan Worfs. He's doing pretty well up in Tampa, right? Yep. Yep. Definitely. He's a very, very solid pick to solidify your offensive line. There were different options there. You know, Ayuk was still there, you know, when we drafted. I mean, Austin Jackson was 110% you know, of, of a reach at that yeah. point. He, he truly was. I mean, Chris, who else do you see after that first? Jordan Love was there. Even if you, if you didn't want to go with Tua there or Justin Herbert, you could have came back and drafted Love, you know, very, very late in that draft as well. You know, you could have took him at uh, 18. And um, would we be any better with Jordan Love than we are with Tua, guys? I mean, what are your thoughts on that, you know? My thoughts on Jordan Love is he was definitely got drafted into a good situation because they drafted him, but they still had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they drafted and him. And Aaron Rodgers didn't like it, but, you know, he got to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for three years and kind of develop. Because right. coming out of college, I remember they said that he had a lot of talent but he wasn't quite ready yet to right. start. That right. was that was what, what the opinions of the analysts were at the time. So, I mean, as far as how I feel about that 2020 draft. Now, we said the same thing about Tua that year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, he started, Herbert he was starting anyway. Herbert looks like he should have been that pick instead of Tua at number five. 
Um, but then when you go into that second pick where we took Austin Jackson, a guy who went about six or seven spots down was Cesar Ruiz, who's actually a really good center for the yeah. uh, New Orleans Saints. Yeah. So we could have answered that right there with an offensive lineman. Right. And then when we took Ibanagani, I mean, a couple picks later, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., Xavier McKinney, who's a really good safety um, for the Giants, Kyle Duggar, another really good safety for the Patriots. Yeah, but they, they needed a tackle. No, I know that, but I mean, it's are you going to reach at that position? Or are you going to take kind of the best guys available? No, I and think you'll have to, to address come it. To you. I'm not a big reach guy. I yeah, like exactly. Reaching. I mean, it's like. I, we definitely did need a tackle, but we could have drafted the center right there and then drafted, you know. I mean, there's there's so many different routes we could have took because of the talent that was on the board. And then we could have addressed the tackle situation in free agency like we did with um, Teron Armstead, but maybe a year earlier. And you see. know, we, we talk about it, Chris, every draft, right? Do you mm-hmm. want to take the best athlete available or do you want to, you know, fill uh, picks for need? Yeah, and it's it's just it it's really mind boggling because it's like we took Igbenogany and I just named if you wanted to go the defensive route, Xavier McKinney, Kyle Duggar, yeah. um, Antoine Winfield Jr., who's developed into a really good safety in Tampa Bay. Um, I know there's some Jalen Johnson, oh my gosh, a guy who's about to hit free agency for Chicago that's probably gonna be one of the highest paid free agents who's really good we didn't even bring up Trayvon Diggs I mean it's just (laughs) it's so it's just really mind-boggling and it pisses me off more than anything when we have these high draft picks and we just as fans and not even like I'm not even somebody who watches a lot of college football but after the season's over I start pay attention start paying attention and doing some research on these high draft picks or guys that they project to go in the first or second round and if you know, I, I, it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. The Igbenogany over the Trayvon Diggs, I always bring this up, is like when we took um, Charles Harris over T.J. Watt. It's like these guys are brothers of all pro guys who are going to go down, you know, as some of the best at their time. I mean, J.J. Watt definitely more so than Stefan Diggs, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. It's like even if these guys end up being half the players that their brothers were, you're still going to have a solid guy for years to come, you know? And it's well, just unfortunate because like you guys just brought up that 2020 draft really could have, it was either going to make us or break us. And I felt that way then. That and I definitely feel that to way be the now. Catalyst. Absolutely. Well, here, here, here's my thought on that draft, right? You know, you had, you had Flores here at the time, right? And the defense was pretty sound. I mean, you know, regardless of the fact that they were doing zero blitz, so on and yeah, so forth. Unconventional scheme, but it worked. But it worked. And they were playing at a very high level. Okay. So you come into this draft and just think about this. You draft Justin Herbert, you get your quarterback, and then you come back with the 18th pick and you draft your receiver in Justin Jefferson. And then instead of Benogany, you go out and you get your running back, whether it be DeAndre Smith, um, DeAndre Swift, or Jonathan Taylor, who was still on the board. <laughs> I mean, you got literally an offense there to match your defense, and you're like, holy Toledo. You know, we're, we're loaded down. I mean, you drafted Robert Hunt, which was fine in the second round, right? You You pick him up, but 
Guys, it goes beyond Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you go down that, you know, Cole Komet was drafted um, in the second round that year. Trevon Diggs, as Chris mentioned, Jalen Hurts was drafted thereafter. Yeah. DK Dobbins. I mean, there's so many. A.J. Dillon was drafted after Raekwon Davis. Now, we talked about the absolute need for a running back, right? You know, a good young running back. I would have loved to have had a guy like A.J. Dillon on our football team, getting him in that second round instead of maybe a Raekwon Davis. Um, we knew we needed running backs. We kept bringing in just bums, you know, guys that from other teams, signing free agents year in and year out. Um, you know, you can go down the list. I don't have to name them all. We did it for three straight years, and not one of those guys panned out that we brought in. Chase Edmonds. You go back to a couple of the other guys prior to him. And you had all of this running back talent there for the taking. And we passed up on these guys on three, four different occasions. There are certain positions they just don't prioritize. And I think that's one of them, as as well as tight end. Well, the tight end, Mike, they've made attempts. I mean, we've drafted Smythe. We drafted Gasicki. And then they drafted Hunter Long. They just drafted the wrong guys. I mean, Cole Komet would be – he's a very good tight end in Chicago. He's very, very Great solid. Great two-way, too. He can block and yep, he can, he can catch. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, when you look at this as a whole and you said, you know what, our offense flat out sucks. You know, you had Fitzpatrick coming back and he moved the team, but you knew the receiver position was just horrible. It was right. absolutely – the running back situation was not good either. You know, you had Fitzpatrick just balling, you know, airing out to guys that were average receivers. Parker had a really good year that year. But you needed offensive players, and you had dynamic guys on the board all over the place on this, in this draft, and you literally missed at every single turn. Every single turn you missed at them. So... Um, yeah, that draft is definitely going to come back to haunt us. There's no question about it. I mean, when you look at the first round and the second round and the amount of talent that was there for the taking, I mean, wow. T. Higgins, like you mentioned, Chris, could you imagine him, you know, yeah. on our football team instead of Igbenogany right now? I mean, you know, <laughs> forget well, it. Well, you know, it's a domino effect because had you taken Higgins, then you don't need Waddle. Right? Yep, exactly. Who you came back and took, you know, traded up to get in 21. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you know, th- this trickles down, you know, the same with drafting Justin Jefferson. You don't have to trade for Tyreek Hill. Right. I mean, you could have literally drafted Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins in this draft instead of the guys we drafted, which were Austin Jackson and Igbenogany. Now, could you imagine those two guys lining up on the outside? For you, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad situation, no, it would wouldn't. it? And yeah. would have saved you a ton of draft picks. Absolutely. I mean, they needed to attack on the offensive side. They had some solid defensive players. You know, they they had just drafted, if I'm not mistaken, the year before um, Christian Wilkins in the first round, and yep. Van Ginkle was a solid f- fifth round pick in ni- in 2019, and. Um, you know, so you had you had some solid players. The year before that, you, you drafted Jerome Baker, who was your starting middle linebacker. So you had some solid players on the defensive side, and they were actually playing. You know, obviously X-Man was a pro bowler at that point. 
Um, he was at the top of his game, so you had some really solid defensive You know what? That, 18, that 18 draft wasn't bad. You had Fitzpatrick, you had Gasicki, you had Baker, you had Smythe, and uh, Jason Sanders. Yeah, yeah the no. problem is we let Fitzpatrick probably our best draft pick that yep. we've had in so long just walk. I, I mean, I get that he his mom came out and was talking to the press and doing all this, that, and the third. But in my opinion, you can't let him walk. You can't. No. You cannot no. let him walk. And when we – I think – what do we only get? One first round? Or did we even get a first round for Minka? I think so. I think we might have gotten one. But, I mean, for a guy of his yeah. caliber and what yeah. he's become, I mean, we should have at least gotten two ones or a yeah, one and two The Steelers got or, the better of that trade. Yeah, for yeah. sure. As, as they – them as a franchise, they do it the right way. When you look at the Lions recently, what they've done this past three or four years, they've hit on so many draft picks, and now these guys are going to be part of their core for a long time coming. And I'll tell you what, with with the uh, 49ers possibly not having Debo Samuel, they might be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And it's just crazy to see how big of a turnaround they've actually had in such a short amount of time. It's not only the Lions, Chris. It's the Packers. Yeah, it's the, I mean, you can look the, at a bunch Houston. of the Texans. Yep, it's exactly. Houston, right, Houston exactly. more so than anybody. I mean, they were trash for the last couple of years. They're all just, you know, they're they're basically rebuilding, and they've been in the playoffs, and now they're right back in the playoffs and winning playoff games before we've even won one. And we were in the greatest position of any team that I know of in recent history. I mean, we really were. We had two, three years there where we were just going to have a ton of draft picks through trades and whatnot. And look at the position we we're still, in still e- Even giving up the pick for tampering and, and all that, we still had five number one picks in those two years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that should have been, you know, your nucleus. And then, you you know, you fell in with the third round picks and the fourth round picks that you have left. Right. Uh, exactly. Like, like they did with Achan, you know, that, that was a great pick. But, you know, he's a small guy and uh, there's reasons he was there in the third round. Right. Yeah, he is dynamic. There's no question about it. I mean, he's one of our best draft picks. But, you know, the, the trading around and the this and that and all this other stuff, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. How many draft picks do we have this year? Do we have, you know, our... our- we're, we're missing two mid-round picks. Aside from that, we have uh, our full complement. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, how about as recent as the 2023 draft we were supposed to have two first-round picks, yeah. and we gave up one for Chubb, and then the other one we got taken for tampering. I mean, that... Well, Those two picks were huge too. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's another two opportunities to draft guys who are going to be cornerstone pieces for years to come, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the 2023 draft and the guys that were drafted this year, you know, guys like Gibbs, you know, the running back for Detroit. I mean, he's absolutely outstanding. Um you know, the kid in Seattle, the wide receiver, Zay Flowers in Baltimore, Jordan Addison in Minnesota. Christian Gonzalez, who was a friggin' <laughs> stud for the Patriots before he got hurt at the beginning. I mean, he Absolutely. was playing at a yep. super high level. Dalton Dalton Kincaid, yeah. the tight end for Buffalo, looks like a really, really yeah, solid football player. I mean, you know, there, there were guys there. Um, Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback. 
Sam Porter, we already talked. I mean, there's it's just Porter. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's it, there there were guys there. Um, Every team can go back through the draft and look at situations like this and say we should have picked this guy, we should have picked that. Well, guy. yeah, but, but we didn't even have the opportunities. Is where I was kind of getting at as far as the 2023. Like we yeah, should have absolutely had two right. first round picks, and instead we got Chubb, who we extended immediately after, and now tore his. ACL so late in the season when do you, they said that they're expecting Chubb to be back around October October yeah. and it's like man it's it's but just you never know yeah some guys heal faster than others Ramsey Ramsey came back pretty doggone quick you know so I mean it it's not impossible it just depends on their work ethic and you know how and the same thing with Phillips I mean the great thing about um you know the show that they had hard knocks you know was the fact that they kept showing you Phillips at the camp and working every single day to get back to where he needs to Oh, he's to a get. monster. He's a monster. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just a matter of whether his body cooperates. Exactly. Yep. We got to hope that that's the case. But this franchise as a whole, you know, they're lacking the young talent, the, the Pro Bowl talent, as I've mentioned. And, and it's got to change. It's yep. got to change. We got to get guys that are game changers that are going to, in big games, make big plays. You look around the NFL, and you look at these playoff games, and you look at the guys that are stepping up and just just blowing it up in the playoffs and doing a great job, whether it be on the defensive side or the offensive side. That's what we need. You know, We need guys to step up and make plays when we're playing good football teams. All right, guys, we're going to break for a few moments, and uh, we'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Look at the the competitive teams that we played against this year, right? Even the Dallas game. What did we really do in that game? I mean, Sanders is the guy that We had was, five field goals. We had five field goals. The defense <laughs> had some key turnovers. Wilkins made a great play. Yep. Josh Allen made some horrible decisions. And granted, we did put pressure on him on those given, you know, on those interceptions, but you know, we were we were somewhat fortunate. But but where were the Tyreek Hills? Where were our Pro Bowl players in that game? You know that was the turning point there. You know that we gave up home field advantage in the playoffs. The Tennessee game, it's the same thing. Where was Tyreek Hill? Where was the offense in that football game when we? That was a funny game. It was it was a game, Mike, that should have been put away early, and yep. we screwed around inside the red zone and didn't come away with touchdowns, and in the end, it bit us in the ass. 
But my point is, is that in these big games, you know, where you have to win, they're absolute necessities in December. You know, none of our guys were there. None of them. None of them stepped up. None of our number one draft picks. None of, just a lot of them weren't there. A lot of guys were hurt for one reason or another. And, um, you know, it's on it, offense. You're playing with a makeshift offensive line. Yeah. Well, don't know how else to say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mike, but other than Connor Williams, that was, that was our starting offensive line. You had four out of the five starters back. Yeah, but they're not good. They're not. They're not, right. you know, they're at best an average offensive line. And not best. only that, I mean, when guys are going in and out, like Hunt, for instance, Hunt came back, then got hurt, was out yep. another three games. I mean, when guys are coming in and out, even if they are respectable starters, it still takes a game or two to get back into, get your you know, it's like it's like you. we were talking about last week. I mean, when you're listening to the Buffalo game and the announcer says that they've started every single offensive lineman. Yeah. Pretty, it's been the same since week the, one. Yeah, the same starting five since week one. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously that takes luck too. But I mean, that's what that's what you're looking for. And even if you have one or two guys go down, then that's fine. But I mean, Armstead missed a handful of games. I mean, like I said, guys were shuffling in and out all year, and I think it really affected the offense. I mean, as far as us being able to run the ball and pass the ball. Well, are we a physical team or a finesse team? Well, guys, listen, this, this goes, and you know, this will go full circle over and over again. Okay. You know, you have Eichenberg, right? He's a number two draft pick. So regardless of whether he's playing guard or center or tackle, whenever you've put him in, he hasn't played well at all at any of those positions. Now I give him all the credit in the world for playing the center position and stepping in. And um, that's that's what their game plan was. I mean, we yep. we kept saying all through the preseason, we're, we're, who's our backup center if Connor Williams goes down? I remember Chris mentioning it over and over and over again. Who is our backup center if this guy goes down? It's Eichenberg. Well, he's a number two draft pick. Okay, so look at him, and then go back and you look at your Solomon Kinleys of the world and the Michael Dieter, who is another third-round draft pick who's starting elsewhere right now, right? He's a starting offensive lineman somewhere, but here he failed. Isaiah Prince is another one. We drafted these linemen, and it, go, it all goes full circle. We have veteran guys that we bring in as free agents. They get hurt, and the guys that we've drafted over the last three, four, five years are not coming in and and being good football players for our football team, grading out well and getting the job done. And this happens on a consistent basis. You can look at every single position on this football field. Jerome Baker going down. Tyndale not able to fill fill the need. Cam Smith with X-Man going down. Not able to fill, fill the need. And this happens way, way too often with this football team. And these drafts in the middle rounds, these guys have to be players that are going to be able to step in and make plays for you and, and um, you know, make you a successful football team instead of guys Michael that are on the bench. Lewis is playing for the Houston Texans, and his uh, PFF grade was 57-1. Yeah, right. he, was, he, he came in to play center after their center went down. Right, so similar sure situation as Eichenberg. Yep. But, I got but one. It, I got one more for you guys, and then I'm not doing this anymore. So we <laughs> took Eric Uzukama three picks later. The Green Bay Packers selected Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, who's uh, been again. a pretty pretty solid receiver. So it's like it's just 
I know we can do this all day, but when it's happening as frequently as it is, then it becomes a problem. Lewis, give us some history. How long has Greer been with the Dolphins and what has been in his roles? Well, he's he's been the GM since 2016. Okay, prior to that, he was the he was the general general manager from 2016 to 2007 to 2015. He was the director of college scouting. So those eight years, he was the director of college scouting. So and that's, boy, that's, that's a pretty critical position as far as uh, making out the draft board and doing those type of things. Absolutely. I mean, you go back to some of those drafts, you know, back to 2007, Mike, and it's ugly. Yeah. Wasn't Dion Jones or what was that guy's name? <laughs> the guy we trained Dion up to, uh, Dion Jordan. Wasn't he the head of scouting the year we took him? <laughs> yeah. What he, year that, was that? That was two, that was 2013. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we traded to move up and and get him. I believe. Then they took Jamar Taylor in the second round. <laughs> it was no better then than it is now. Dallas yeah. Thomas at tackle in the third round. Another third round pick. Will Davis, defensive back. I, these guys just didn't last. Jelani Jenkins in the fourth round and Dion Sims in the fourth round actually lasted with the team a little bit longer than the guys drafted in front of them. You know, go back to 2012, you had Tannehill, Jonathan Martin, we all know his story, <laughs> Oliver, <laughs> Olivia Vernon, who was a pretty good solid player. football yeah. player. But good. then you had a guy named Michael Ignew, who Ooh, just nope. absolutely failed at tight end. Lamar Miller, who was a pretty solid yeah, running back, back for yeah, a fourth-round pick. Yeah. And then Rashad Matthews in the seventh round, who actually <laughs> yeah, went on to have solid. a really good – he had a really good career. Um you know, so, you know, you, <laughs> man, oh, man. I mean, my God, you look at 2014 and you drafted Jawan James, right, at, with your number one pick. Yeah. Then, you, then you had Jarvis, then a guy named Billy Turner, and then it all goes downhill yeah. from Billy, there. Billy's still playing, isn't he? Yeah, but he was yeah. terrible with the Jets this year, and I think he only was a part of that team because Rodgers brought him over and the Jets' offensive line was so bad that yeah. even he, he had. But he got benched. I mean, he was pretty serviceable in uh, Green Bay the last few years when Rod, like Rodgers' last, I think, two well, years. In, in, in 10 Green seasons, Bay. he's played 105 games. So, yeah. That's, you know. 2017, which is basically the second year that he was the director of scouting. The GM. 2017. I mean, yep. 20 said, uh, yeah, the, the GM in 2017, which was his second year of drafting. He drafted Charles Harris, Raekwon McMillan, Cordray Tankersley, <laughs> Isaac Asiata, uh -huh. Gotchow, Vincent Taylor, and Isaiah Ford. That was it. Now, Isaiah Ford made some plays for us here and there, but my God, that's, that's an absolutely pathetic draft. As a whole, I mean, just really, really bad. First, second, third round, fourth, and fifth round picks, absolutely horrible. There, there wasn't really one guy worth the damn out of that group. Raquan McMillan played a little bit for us, but then, you know, we let him go as a number two. I mean, it got 2017. That guy should still be playing for us, right? Mm -hmm. You would have hoped. That was not a very good draft by no means. So, you know, when you look at when you look at us as a whole, 
and you see, you know, the issues in regard to depth and the fact that, you know, guys got pulled off, pulled out of their living rooms where they were sitting in their underwear and were playing, you know, a playoff game against in Kansas City against Mahomes and the Chiefs. It says a lot about your draft picks and, and where they are and what you think of them. Um, guys like Tyndale and Cam Smith had every opportunity to get in the games this year with all the injuries that we had, the players that play in front of them, and they did not see the field at all. They made no impact whatsoever. So, you know, it's a frustration. Chris, you mentioned Eric Easy E, right? You know, same situation. We I still mean, don't we even know what happened with him no this idea year. What happened I mean, I know him. it was something that happened outside of um outside of the facilities. So, but I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I mean. You, well, you know, you know, listen, these are young guys and shit's going to happen with some of them. But bottom line is when you go back through this GM's career and you look at how we've done as a franchise while he has essentially been in charge, you really have to question, you know, why is he still there? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I get, you know, he made some nice trades, but, you know, there's a cost to those trades. Number one, you're paying high salaries right away, whether you whether you renegotiate the contract or not. And secondly, you're, you're giving up, you know, resources, your draft picks. Exactly. So, and future, you know, salary cap hits. I mean, it's, yep. we, this roster was built to win this season or last season. And now we're kind of in that position where I think I read something that we're going to have to free up close to $100 million. Yeah, 90-something million. Yeah, yeah just to get back yep. to square one, you know. Yep. And it's like we have 22 pending free agents. People may wonder how that number got so high, but you have to throw in paying the draft picks and mm-hmm. all the other things that they have to do with money. Yeah. So once you do that, you realize that that's how much they actually need to get back to square one. Yep, right. and I'm I'm going to tell you something else that's going to be well, a big on, Chris, factor. Let's take, Chris, let's take a quick break here and uh, right. just keep that thought. So something to me that's going to be a huge factor into our even our near future is this situation with Tua. I personally, as much as I love the guy, I'd love to see him just play out his fifth-year option, see if he can stay healthy again, improve – and win at least one or two playoff games. And if he if he's going to be the answer, then you give him the deal. But what I don't want is for them to extend him to a three year op, a three year extension, and then we're somewhat stuck with him for the next two years. And I mean, we saw the the, the situation in New York this past offseason. I think really messed up the whole quarterback market because when they gave Daniel Jones all that money. Now Tua is going to look at Chris Greer like they gave him this. You guys aren't going to give me at least this. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just yep. so. And if we end up giving Tua that big extension, it might help us in regards to this season. But within the next two seasons, when his cap jumps up to about forty million a year, which is around what average quarterbacks are getting now, it's going to be even harder. So, yeah. I mean, I really hope they think long and hard about extending Tua and what they see in the future. Because what I would like to see personally is, like I said, you let Tua play out that fifth year. And if next season goes 
the way this season did in the season prior, I think we may see Greer, Tua, and McDaniel all gone, and they just completely clean house. So, I mean, it's it, it's just it's just re- going to be really interesting to see. Well, that's the approach what's going to happen, take. Chris. I mean, mm-hmm. I, Tua is you know Tua is going to be back. McDaniel's going to be back, and Greer is going to be there. Um, you know, they're going to give this thing one more shot. But as you look at the roster and you see how many players are going to have to be replaced. I mean, there's a lot of veteran guys on this team. I mean, you go down the list, you got Eli Apple, Armstead, <laughs> Jake Bailey, Braxton Berrios, Justin Bethel, Robbie Chosen, and Chase Claypool. I mean, these are the guys that we're picking up over the, co- over the course of the year because we don't have one decent young receiver that we can basically look at and say, hey, you know what? This guy can come in. We drafted him in the third or fourth round. He made plays. I mean, you go on and on down this list, and there's there's guys that have been in the league now five, six, four, five, six years. And I mean, they all cost money. I mean, they're veterans, right? I mean, how many of these guys can you really afford to keep and who are you replacing them with yep. is the question there's a lot you know? of there's a lot of starters that are pending free agents this year and that's kind of the well, scary I thing didn't even, too i no. didn't even get into that well, let, me, right. let me just give you a, a, a quick thought okay mm-hmm. you've got agba and chubb who are i'm sorry you got phillips and chubb who are both hurt and then you've got agba who you've got to resign if you're going to keep him right and oh, yeah. they can't afford to do that no well, we would they- have to restructure because he's under contract. But I read um, actually today seventeen point seven million cap. Yep. Charge. And if we were to release him, we'd free up thirteen and a half million. So yep. I think he's as sure as gone. Yep. Even though we don't that's, really. That's have, my point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't have a backup for him yet. But I don't think that he that he's back with us unless he takes a major pay cut. Now, wh- whether or not he's a fit in Fangio's defense is a whole nother conversation, but... Uh, they, they could bring Justin Houston back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they could. <laughs> and Bruce Irvin. Yeah. <laughs> the 30-year-old, 36-year-old, and... and Deshaun, Deshaun I mean, Hand, who actually was a solid role player, he's a free agent this year, too. So it's like, man, you guys, we, we, we already said it, but there's so many guys that we have to replace that it's just... I mean, guys, even if we wanted to just re-sign half of the guys that are free agents for us this year, that's going to be pretty much it. Like, well, I don't, I don't even. How do you fiscally give uh, Christian Wilkins Wilkins a hundred million dollar contract? How do you do that? You yeah, have to I do mean, it like the Shohei Otani contract, where <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, what is it that we defer it until twenty thirty, and then we'll give them ten yeah, million a year. I don't know year. if that. I don't know if you get <laughs> guys. Just real quick. <laughs> You know, in that in that Kansas City game, you had <laughs> you had Bruce Irvin, thirty six years old, Justin Houston, thirty five years old, and Melvin Ingram, thirty four years old. Wonder why we lost. And people were <laughs> complaining about the defense. Yeah. I mean, my goodness! I mean, how how can you complain about the defense? You know, they they did as much as they possibly could, but. Yeah, I mean, Mike, they're going to have to – who are they franchising, guys? That's the thing. I mean, it's got to be Wilkins. Well, if you're right? going to franchise be. anybody, it's going to be Wilkins, yeah. right? It's got to be Wilkins. So or, Wilkins. Or possibly Hunt if you decide you're letting I, Wilkins go. I think you can sign Hunt for, for a lot less money and get him under contract, you know, multiple-year multiple contract as compared to what you have to do with Wilkins. I mean, you have to bring him back for one more season. 
And if you if you feel that the season's not going to go well, Mike, you know what? Trade deadline. You know, maybe he's a casualty at the trade deadline. And, you know, we pull something like Denver did with us with Chubb to where we get a first <laughs> round their back for him. You don't know. You got to see where the season is at that point next year. But I think Wilkins is almost guaranteed to be here next year. And I'm almost certain that Hunt will be. But past those two guys. Van Ginkle, you almost got to have back because of the situation I explained a few minutes ago. Absolutely. But And I totally understand that, Mike, but I don't know if there's a guarantee in that happening. I just don't know. I mean, I, I definitely feel the same way you do, but I think that they're going to look at Wilkins and Hunt as key guys across the offensive and defensive lines. And you got Sealer, who's already making a nice chunk of change at the other tackle position. You know, so, and they've also got to make a decision on Connor Williams, right? So, I mean, man, it, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how they, you know, how they tackle this, like Chris said, because there's just so many guys and so many decisions to make, and there's only so much money to do it with. You're going to lose Howard. Who's going to replace him? Cam Smith? Well, Kahoot is going to have to be the guy. It's going to have to be Kahoot, Cam Smith. I mean, we haven't seen anything out of him, Mike, to say that, you know? Yeah. Um, I understand it, that. You know, that was kind of my point. You could possibly restructure X-Man's contract again um, if he wants to stay he, here. He's having trouble staying healthy. Yeah. yeah. I don't – I don't. and he, he said it on his um, – on the last press conference they did yeah, with him. Yeah, they he asked ain't thinking if he nothing would, about a discount. <laughs> yeah, they said uh, – they asked him if he'd be willing to take a pay cut, and then he looked at the reporter and asked him, would you be willing to take a pay cut if your boss came to you and – you know? And yeah. so it's – yeah, right. I mean, there's he's 30 years old, right? Yeah, I so, think I think he's as sure as gone too. Yeah, I think he's a casualty, and they're yeah. just gonna have to make do with what they have, Mike. Maybe they bring in, you know, somebody, but I, I almost think that. Well, he's how are you gonna be, stop Mahomes and Josh Allen without cornerbacks? You, Mike, you have to. You, at some point, yeah, you, you know. Okay, so you go into the, you go into this draft understanding where you are as a football team, right? Yep. If if you if you if you franchise Wilkins, you're okay across the defensive line because you do have Chubb and you do have Phillips coming back at some point, and you got Sealer on the contract, so you're kind of solid there, right? If if you do in fact, it's hard franchise to say they're him. solid when you got two guys coming off serious injuries. Yeah, and that they both potentially are going to miss the first half of the season. Yes, you know? exactly, you know? right, but. You know, so so even more importantly, you have to you have to franchise him. You have to have Wilkins on your football team. You can't have three holes, yeah. you know, across that defensive line right out of the gate. So, you know, you know who you're going to keep and who you're not going to keep, right? If you don't keep X man, you have to go out and you have to draft a cornerback. If Cam Smith's not the answer, you have to go out and get it a high draft pick I don't that think, can play the cornerback position. That would be a major mistake. Well, in my opinion. again, across the offensive line, the same thing. If you're not going to re-sign Connor Williams, then you have to take first, second round picks across that offensive line. That it, is a route that I would much rather them take well, than draft course. another corner top without two it, rounds. I don't want to see that. I mean, we have it. so many different holes that. I mean, but I'd that is a, that us. is a Chris. That's a hole that it, it, if you look at drafts, 
Um, cornerbacks are an absolute necessity. The Dolphins have made so many picks at the We're like, how many corners do we need? Well, guess what? You know, no. in today's NFL, when you have three, four receiver sets, you have to have two solid corners. So I honestly, I wouldn't. Yep. I feel that that's one of the biggest positions that they draft at now, you know, yep. that they look at. Yep. Rush and uh, cover. Yeah. Uh, my thing I mean, is, now, though, if there's a. What, hold on one sec, Chris. Yeah. We're talking about cornerback, but we also need to bring up safeties because Elliott and Brandon Jones are going to be free agents. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, so I'd Elliot even rather always- see us draft a safety. I mean, my thing is, is if there's a Joey Porter Jr. that slides to the second round or there's a guy like that, then go ahead and get him. But you know what I'm, I'm, I'm tired of as far as how we draft? I'm tired of us taking the fourth best tackle on the board in the first round like we did with um, yeah. Austin Jackson. Like Just because it's a need, I don't necessarily think that you'd have to take – if you don't have to take him there if you're taking the fourth or fifth best guy in the draft. You know, it's like take the best guy available at a position that you need. But you see, we're 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 falling into that trap because we're saying, you know, they they need a cornerback, so they better draft a cornerback. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're doing exactly what we're saying they shouldn't do, and that's yeah. drafting for need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can only listen. You can only do so much, right? With with the amount of draft picks that you're going to have. I mean, you look around. You look around this roster. I mean, is Jeff Wilson and Cedric Wilson part of this football team next year? Right? Either one of them. Is Mike White part of this football team next year? Is he a necessity? I mean, what did we sign him to? What kind of contract? I think I it mean, was a one-year or maybe – no, I think it was a two-year deal. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we can think get out. Yeah, they can if they want to. I, yeah. I don't know how they feel about him. They're I don't think have, he's a huge upgrade over Skylar Thompson, I don't think honest. so either, and that was my thought process, is the fact that is he a necessity on this football team? I mean, you you look up and down this roster, and they're going to have to cut corners in so many different ways to have any kind of money, to do anything. And a lot of these guys are going to be casualties. Um, you know, a lot of these guys that I'm mentioning. Uh, you know, is, is Mostert on the contract next year? Yes. I believe okay. he's a free agent in 2025. Okay, so um, is Jeff Wilson on the contract next year? Yes, he is also a free agent in 2025 from what I... And Cedric Wilson the same? No, Cedric Wilson is a free agent this year, I'm pretty sure. He's done. Or it says void, so I'm not sure what that means as a type of free agent. I thought Elliott had signed a two-year contract when he came here, so he signed a one-year contract to yep. John Elliott? Wow. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, so you got a hole there. Need him mean, Brand- as well. I mean, we we're just talking about corners. Need him, Eli Apple, which I hope I never see him in a Dolphins uniform <laughs> again. Elijah yeah. Campbell, who was, you know, he's a solid role player. He's a restricted yeah. free agent, so I'm not sure. Yeah. what What's the difference between that, Mike, the un- unrestricted and the restricted free agent? They can basically tender the restricted uh, okay. free agent, and if they want to keep him, they can keep him pretty much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Robert Jones. He's a restricted free agent, not unrestricted, so that might you know help us out a little bit. Yeah, they won't lose him, but do they want to keep him? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, he's, he he played for hardly no money. I mean, 818000 Yeah. So he's, he's not – He's not somebody who's going to make a difference as far as salary is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at this team as a whole, guys, right? And, um, 
you look across the board, and and this is what everybody as a Dolphin fan really has to look at. You look at you look across the board, and you're like, okay, going forward, guys, who do we feel really good about, right? Going forward, that we're going to have over the next three or four years before we have to worry about contracts, right? Job. Even the next two, three years, <laughs> you got well, you got you got so a you got a chin, right? Yep. You know, but I'm talking about as far as young guys go. I mean, this is a veteran roster, and you got you sprinkle in guys that are under contract that are banged up. I guess up. you, you got to throw Waddle into that group, right? Yeah, yeah, you have well, to. Well, Waddle's twenty twenty five, so next off season we're going to be in the same exact position right. with, with Waddle. Waddle. Right. With yeah. Jalen Phillips, with Javon Holland, we're going to have to make a decision on Eichenberg. I'm looking at next year's already, and it's just like, Jesus, David Long. Well, this is the problem with trading away all these draft picks. Yeah, you don't exactly. have the resources to, you know, you, you become a very top-heavy team, mm-hmm. which right. is what's happened to us. Yep. And the problem becomes when you do that, Mike, is that the guys that you do hit on in the draft, when they need to get paid, all of a sudden you're like, damn, no we money got there, all this money right? out. Because you're pushing this, these guys forward, you know, you're pushing right. the salaries forward. How, how are we going to pay these guys that deserve to get paid and that we want to keep as Miami Dolphins? I mean, Wilkins and Hunt, to me, are guys that on both sides of the line of scrimmage have to be here going forward. They have to be. There is some good news here, Lewis, though, and the good, good news is Jake Bailey's a free agent. <laughs> I was just about to say that we need a damn punter. We need a, a serious punter Jesus. on top of because on to- all of the holes that we have. I mean, a punter is the last thing in the world. If you don't think that McDaniel and and this this organization values the tight end <laughs> <laughs> or the running back, what makes you think? With with his ego, McDaniel, that he even cares about having a punter on his football team because he feels that his offense. Can we don't go need up and no stinking punter, right? We don't need a punter. <laughs> we're not even gonna we're not even gonna sign a punter this year because we're never gonna punt. We're just gonna go every fourth down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a punter is like you know they can get somebody off the scrap heap and not pay him damn anything. As far as I'm concerned, with the job that that guy, your did boy Craig Craft's a free agent. Yeah, Craycraft, I mean, but how much money is he making? You know, Barrios is a free agent as well. Yes, yep. sir. He only signed the one-year contract to come. Yep. See, he's from Miami. Claypool's so. a free agent to fill out the receivers. <laughs> Claypool chosen. None of those guys will be back. Cedric see, Wilson. You know. this, this is the problem, guys. You look at our, re- our receiving core, and you're like, You got two guys. Holy cow. What are we going to do? Yeah. We have to go out and get a few players just to field, you know, three, four receiver sets because everybody's gone. Everybody. I mean, everybody other than your two top guys are free agents, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every one of Essentially, them. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you're, you're in but that that's, that's how they want to roll. That's, yeah. that's you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming this Julian Hill is going to be the backup to Smite, so they're probably not going to even think about a tight end. I agree with you. Um, they're, they're, they're not even going to consider that situation. Yeah. So, you know, your offensive line, you got a lot of guys. Tyler that, Croft is a, is a free agent, so they'll have to pull somebody yeah. else in, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Croft. I mean, you know, he, he's, you know, he wasn't really a big, 
Yeah, what's interesting about this, guys, is this, is that, you know, our offensive line situation, it's like one extreme or the other, right? You got Kendall Lamb, who's 31 years old. I mean, he's 31. He ain't coming back. Yeah, he ain't coming back. I don't don't see him coming back. He already said that he's not playing on the minimum next year, so. Right, and and he's going to wind up going somewhere because he's done a decent job and getting a nice contract. He may get a starting job. Yeah, exactly, because offensive lines – I mean, it, it, Armstead's 32 years old, okay? So you've got you've got guys that are up there in age across that offensive line. But then, you know, you have guys like, um, oh, what's his name? The uh, Robert Hunt, who's, who's 27 now. And then you've got Austin Jackson, who's still, believe it or not, only 24 years old. Can you believe that, He was 21 when he was drafted. Yeah, Yeah. 24 years old. So there's still the possibility that he can turn turn his career around a little bit. And Robert Jones is another guy who's only 24 years old. I mean, we think of him as, God, hasn't he been around forever? He's only 24 years old, Robert Jones. So he's a guy that, is he a free agent as well, or is he still? He is. Yeah. they're going to have to re-sign a few of these guys, or else they're not <laughs> well, going to have a well, team, yeah, of team course, to field. But right, they're not going to have a team to field. And therein lies the problem, gentlemen. They have to field the team. Yep, they have so, to field the team, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about doing that. Because yeah. you know, like we said, they're ninety million behind before they start. They're going to have to restructure, Mike. A lot of these contracts, they're going to have to. You know. Um, you know, and hopefully these guys are willing to do it. Don't you kind of feel like you're bailing water out of the Titanic? <laughs> well, Mike, what are the what are the options? In all honesty, I mean, what what are the options? There's not an awful lot. I think the obvious option is you clean house, but that's just yeah. Me. That's yeah. what I, that that was my initial. After I mean, I definitely was in my emotions a little bit after we lost the uh, playoff game. And yeah. we, uh, the I think you're just round, putting but, you're putting off the inevitable. But yeah, do you exactly. guys, do you guys, honestly, I mean, seriously, honestly, feel that that's good, that that's what they're going to do? They're going to clean. No, absolutely no, not. no, no. Greer's going to so. try to save his. Sure, blood. absolutely. I mean, the, the positive is that he is good at doing these restructures and all this other stuff. So, I mean, we well, just yeah, got to see how listen, it plays man. out. Let's let's be real here a second, okay? The only reason he's good at that is because he's giving away money. <laughs> that's yeah, it that's, that's what i say all that's the time true. you know oh you know i've argued with guys on the on the uh facebook page mike in regard to that it's like i mean okay, you're, gonna, it's, you're gonna give me a hundred million now instead of later okay sign me up yeah, yeah exactly i mean it's easy to go out and get guys to come here i mean there's no state tax right Right. You come to Florida. I mean, there's benefits to playing for the Miami Dolphins financially. Okay, so. I mean, don't talk to me about the fact that, oh, well, he signed some really good free agents, so on and so forth. Yeah, fantastic. But, I mean, look at the position we're in otherwise. And let me tell you something. Yeah, you we know, were talking about restructuring, Lewis. Which yeah, but Mike, restructuring, if you look around the league, and I know Chris said it, you know, that he's really good at it. There's a ton of GMs around the league that do it year in and year out. You know, they restructure contracts yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's why they're successful year in and year out. We haven't won a playoff game in 23 years. Um, yeah. You know, so he can, whatever he does good, it, it's, it's, it's minimal at best. I mean, he's done a horrible job. 
Um, he's done it for years. He definitely has to be accountable for well, you know, the it's situation. Fun, it's funny you mention that because Dave Hyde wrote an article and uh, basically he, he put it like this, okay? He says, what counts as accountability except for Dolphins GM Chris Greer? After five years of rebuilding and no playoff wins, Dolphins GM simply tries, tries again in year six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty accurate. And right? that's that sums up the article. I mean, I could read you a whole bunch of stuff, but there's no need. We we covered it. So what I don't understand is is that, you know, this guy gets it, you know, gets credit for, for what, in all honesty. When you look around the league and you look around at these teams that have rebuilded so quickly. I mean, Green Bay literally had nothing but rookie receivers and tight ends this year that they went with. I mean, and 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 they excelled when it was all said and done. And I like your cleaning house situation, Mike, but do we have faith in guys that he's going to bring in through no, the draft? No, 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 no. He's going out with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we, if we oh, were yes. to do that, we have to, we have to yeah. completely just – Oh, so you meant the whole Kip and Caboodle, yeah, not so I mean, much the players. I mean, they can they can talk if they want to keep McDaniel or not, but I think there's enough reasons to lean against that as there is to lean for that. Especially yeah. with how many good head coaching candidates there are this year. I mean, this year there's a lot of good coaches on the market. And, I mean, I love McDaniel. I think he can definitely develop into I like one of the too. best offensive yep. coaches in the league. But it's just, I mean – how long is he going to tie himself to Tua and how much are we how much is Ross and company going to allow him to grow you know exactly yeah. i mean because right now he's kind of tied to Tua he's kind of said that that's his guy and i feel like he's going to sink yeah, or I, swim with I him i think that know? was a condition of employment yeah yeah i mean my my opinion on McDaniel is this is that there, there's a thin line that I feel that he's kind of swayed more in the too lackadaisical, too easygoing. There comes a point where you have to put your foot down and and say, hey, guys, look, you know, you guys played like shit. You guys <laughs> are not, you're not playing at a high level. Our, our big players have to step up and make plays. You guys were an embarrassment. And that's the bottom line. And that's the cold, hard facts. He's, he's just, in my opinion, he's just too easy going. I mean, you have, to, you have to have a thin line. The guy up in Pittsburgh does a great job. He's a player's coach. Yeah. But, man, he doesn't screw around. It's like, hey, guys, you know, we're on the field to win a football game. And you go, you see Pittsburgh. No, he can look at you and make you cry. Tom, Tomlin <laughs> year in and year dude. out. <laughs> Those guys want to play for him. You see the physicality that they're, you know, that they bring to yep. the table on both sides of the football. You're never going to go in and you're never going to push push Pittsburgh around for too long. You know, they turn it around pretty quickly. And 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 a lot needs to be said of that. Um, you know, with McDaniel, I think he's too passive. He's way too passive. The guys are too easy going and I think at the end of the season uh, you know, it showed that those guys weren't ready to play football games, especially on the offensive side where he's basically responsible for that unit. And mm -hmm. he needed to get in their asses and have them more efficient than they were. They were not playing at a very high level, period. Well, you know, they were, I think the number is, 
I may be a game off here or there, but I think the number is three and thirteen the last two years against winning teams. Yeah, I mean you that's know? that's that. Listen, guys, that's not going to cut it. And I mean, you know, Tua gets a lot of the blame, and he should get some of the blame, but a lot of the blame I feel for falls more so on McDaniel and the offensive side in regard to their game planning and so on and so forth. And and you know what, guys, we can even go as far back. You can you can talk about Greer. Let's circle back to him and the <laughs> fact that, that the fact that they didn't draft a guy like Tunsil. They felt it was more important to get a little wide receiver instead of a big right tackle to to protect him for years to come. You mean that whole, Sewell? Sewell. What did I yeah. say? Tunsil. Tunsil. Yeah, I meant Sewell. Um, you know that whole philosophy there just goes to show you that their mentality is just all backwards. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. a guy like a Waddle is it they come they come a dime a dozen i mean i hate to say it but they do i mean there's guys coming out of the draft every year that are comparable to him and well they um, may come a dime a dozen but do you trust this gm to find that dime you know i just don't yeah. know well and i mean i agree with what you said a thousand percent because i've been saying it since the moment that we drafted to it's like okay we drafted a guy who's coming off a major hip injury mm -hmm. what do you do you beef up that offensive line, you get a really good running back to take some of that pressure off, and you're not putting him in a position off the rip where he has to put on the cape and be Superman. And, you know, that we really – I have never seen a team fail as much as we did at surrounding a top five pick within his first couple years. Yep. You know, I mean, once we got Waddle, it was – it was cool, you know. He had his safety route. I mean, Waddle was running a bunch of ten-yard routes, set the season record for uh, catches for a rookie. But Dude, I mean, even that season, you know, we didn't, didn't win really your football game. No, really. exactly. Yeah. And not only that, it's like that wasn't the recipe for our offense becoming a top-tier offense. Our offense became a top-tier offense when we traded for um, Tyreek Hill. We signed Teron Armstead. We finally got an offensive coach who knew what they were doing, you know, because, I mean, right. we had Chan Gailey, the co-offensive coordinators. I mean, it was just a terrible situation all around. And a lot Listen, of that falls Chan on Greer. Chan Gailey is it, a long story. You can't sum that up and say, just saying he was bad because there were reasons why he was bad. Yeah, and it's not, like? it's, it's, not even that, it's not even that oh. he was bad because he's, you know, one of the greats as far as what I've read and what His I've His hands were tied here. Yeah, and he just, to me, he just wasn't, the guy that I would bring in to, you know, help mold a young quarterback, you know, I would have preferred a yes. guy like McDaniel off the rip that is kind of evolving with the game and kind of knows what it takes to move the football in today's game. You know, when you look at the decisions, yeah, absolutely. Chris, um, when you look at the decisions that this organization has made and it, it came from the top, there's no question about that. Of course. You know, rushing Tua into the starting lineup the year Fitzpatrick was quarterbacking. Big mistake. It set Tua back a bit as far as I'm concerned. He, he wasn't never, ready. He he coming off of that injury, he never should have But, been Mike, mentally there. he wasn't. Yeah, he mentally or physically. He didn't even know the playbook. Yep. So it's not only the physical aspect of it, it's the, men it's the mental aspect of him being thrown into that situation. That came from up top. We know that Flores did not want anything to do with Tua that first year, and maybe even the second year. So that you look at the top of this organization, and that's where it starts. You got to cut it off at the head. 
And that's the biggest problem right there. You have to get somebody in there that, that puts a scouting team in that says, man, you know what? You got this guy, you got that guy. You look around the NFL and there's guys that are getting drafted in later rounds that are just becoming Pro Bowl players. We can't even hit in, on our first rounders, you know? So it's, it's a definite problem. And that's the issue, and that's why our team is where they are every year. All right, guys. I think we have covered it. Yep. We did? I think so. Oh, I've got another hour in me, Mike. I'm sure you do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have no doubt about it. So, All right. you know, we can talk about Greer until the cows come home, but the bottom line is, you know, <laughs> it's not just Greer. There's other problems in this organization, starting with the owner, you know? Yeah. So – Anyway, it is what it is. You know, hopefully they step in some thing and uh, get it back in line. But I, I, I don't see how. I just don't see how with the amount of money that they have to lay out. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, the fact, Mike, that we've spent an hour talking about uh, the negative aspects of the team and, and had a hard time finding a lot of positives says a lot. You know, and it, it's it's the reality of it. I mean, you know, you can look at, you know, people can, can sit there and they can look at this team and say, well, damn, I mean, we, we had a nice solid record this year and, you know, we, we were competitive all season and we were the number one all You have to understand something, you know, and, and Chris knows this as well as anybody. There's a lot of young people out there that have not seen a winning Dolphins team. Right. Yep, I'm one you of know? them. So they, they <laughs> so, are happy. It, right. With, as soon as they start doing halfway decent, they're excited. And I don't yeah. blame them. Yeah. I don't blame no, them at all. no, we we all we all get excited about it, but we're realistic. You know, when yeah. you look at the team as a whole, you know, we're kind of like, man, we we got we got a lot of problems right now, more problems than we do um, you know, solutions, solutions yeah. to to everything, yeah. and and that's an issue going into the going into the season and going forward. So. You know, how they handle it is going to be quite interesting, and hopefully they handle it in a good way. Now, if they come out this year and they have another winning season and they win a couple of playoff games, then I'll eat my words. Absolutely. Right, right. So we'll see what happens. Yep. There's All right, a lot guys. that has to happen in between now and then. Yep. Moment. All right, All right, guys. Thanks for uh, joining me this evening, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We know it was probably a long one for you, but uh, hopefully <laughs> you enjoyed it. Yeah, they got no dolphin football to watch, so they got plenty of time to listen to our crap, Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Fins up. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, Fin fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right, until next week, be well and take care. Podcast Network.